It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey everybody, this is Jason Squires. I am the Director of Mentorship for Worship Leader Magazine. Uh, Super excited about today. Welcome to the next episode of The Table. Today's conversation is with Mark Harris. Uh, Mark was one of the founding members of For Him and is now on staff at Gateway Church in Texas. Today's conversation, we center around the Sabbath and what it means to be intentional with your time off, not just Uh, working from home or not just not being in the office, but what it means to take a Sabbath, what it means to rest, and how that actually has helped him uh, be better in ministry and around for the long haul. So uh, join us in this conversation. Welcome to the table. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, my name is Jason Squire, is the Director of Mentorship with Worship Leader, uh, and I am joined today with Mark Harris. Mark, how's it going? Hello, Jason. I'm doing good. It's good to good to be chatting with you. And it's uh, I love your title. I love that title, Ahead of Mentorship. Yes, uh, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, like, it, it's a thing. Yeah. It's got to get in charge of mentoring and coaching and uh, getting to... That. Getting to hang out and getting to getting to resource worship leaders is kind of the best job in the world. That's I love that. That's something that's that's near to my heart. When you said that, my ears perked up. I, I love like, it. Oh, I love that. So. I love it. I love it. <clears throat> hey, uh, tell us tell us about you. Tell us about ministry life, family life. I mean, you've had you've you've done a lot of things in in your, the course of your career up to this point, and um, kind of walk us through walk us through that. And that's a you know that's a a great question, but that's a, it's a funny thing because when you say that, I'm like, yeah, I, that's a long answer I could give you there. <laughs> it's like, quite, quite honestly, it's like, yeah, I could, I could kind of go on for a while with that simply because um, it's been a long, you know, like, I guess just if you look back over the history of things, I've been involved in ministry for a long, long time. So, yep. um and uh, started right out of college. Actually, started in college, but I'm. I grew up in Southwest Alabama, uh, and I was a church kid. I grew up in the church, but <clears throat> I rebelled against that. Uh, and then when I went to college, uh, I actually went to college to play baseball. So I wasn't really heading to college to do ministry. I was heading to college to do baseball and study sociology, and then. Um, and then something happened at college that kind of wrecked all that. And that was uh, just an encounter with the Holy Spirit where God just kind of really spoke to me. And I heard him very loudly just say, I've created you for more and I want you to step into this. And and uh, so I just, <clears throat> you know, being a 19 year old guy, I just kind of said, OK. And so I, I didn't really know what all of that would mean and then now you know looking back and saying man almost it's it's hard to say this but almost 40 years later <laughs> you know it's crazy it's yeah that's a hard it's, word to say 40 it's, 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 hard, it's crazy I mean, I mean before you were born jason it's true it is true it is. <laughs> yeah it is. yeah uh you know I, that 40 years later here i am and i'm i'm still serving in ministry and loving it and but the path has been one that I never could have, I couldn't have put this together for me. So it's really a matter of just following where God's leading. And so out of college, he opened a door for me to go on the road with a group called Truth. And, and so if we're going to talk today about schedule and about uh, soul care from, you know, j- just for from the person, just making sure that you don't oversaturate your schedule with too many things probably don't want to stay on the subject of truth the group 
alone. <laughs> because uh, tell we, us about your truth schedule. Did. I've had this conversation with Andy, and I, I would love yeah, to hear about yeah. it. Let's, well, let's chat about that. Well, okay, so I'm, I'm I graduate college with a degree in music. I went to Lee University, and, uh, and so anyway. I get out of college and I go on the road with a group called Truth, which I love. I love Roger Breland. He's a guy that, you know, founded the group and he was still the director of the group when I got in. But Truth was like a mixture of college age guys and girls from all over the country. And basically you have a horn section, you have full band and you have six to eight singers out front, uh, equal mixture of guys and girls. And so, I was hired to be the one of the the higher voices, but really kind of a baritone tenor. And so, uh, in truth, had you know some successful songs to radio and Christian music. But but anyway, it was just like you get in the group. I joined. I joined the group. I joined up with the group in May of 1986. And so, it's like I hit the road running. And uh, I did that for four and a half years, and we would do somewhere around 365 to 370 concerts a year. We'd have a week off between <clears throat> Christmas and New Year's, or maybe eight, nine, ten days, and then we'd come back and we'd start the year again on the road. And um, and the way that you'd end up with 370 concerts is because, in truth, you'd sing Sunday morning at one place and Sunday night at another church. So That's you crazy. doubled up on on you know most weekends on Sundays and so yeah it's crazy it's we I remember and then we went into you know out of that we formed the band for him uh the forefront guys from truth and I remember we had probably 250 concerts booked before we ever stepped off of the truth bus for for him for the first year we thought gee we've got to find 100 more things to do <laughs> because we thought 250 <laughs> dates a year wasn't enough because this of is our child's play <laughs> this is yeah this is no and, and that's not you know that's really not it's not a joke that's actually we we said to the guy that was booking us you know and he said yeah we gotta gotta fill in all those open dates um we didn't see an open date as an opportunity for god to give us rest we saw an open date as us not you know being somewhere that we were supposed to be that was yeah. kind of the way we looked at it back then we were very unaware that the, the days off were gifts. And so after the first year for him, then we kind of learned, okay, you know what? We can actually do this different. We can have some rest. And the great thing about truth, I mean, it's, it, uh, you know, I'm not trying to cast any kind of dark shadow on truth schedule. It was the way that it, it was set up to be and how it operated and, um, you didn't stay there. Most of the people were there for a year. So it was like a year commitment of that. But then it continued to grow to longer spans of time just because people love being out there. Yeah. You know, when you're that age, that's like the most fun. And so, <clears throat> but uh, for him, we, you know, when you kind of look at for him, it's, we had to uh, manage our schedule better. We wouldn't have a, a long-term ministry or career because without some restraint and without some kind of, uh, Sabbath, some kind of break, you can't survive because it's very, it's very impossible to just keep pouring out. You got to have a refill moment too. And so for us, you know, we just, in truth, we come, come right out of the truth group straight onto the bus with for him. And we realized, man, we need rest. Yep. So we, we, that, those conversations quickly started. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so you were in Forham until mid, Forham kind of not disbanded, but they, you guys stopped touring in mid-2000s, right? Uh, yeah, 2000, I think 2006-ish is kind of when we officially ended our, uh, like our farewell tours, what we called it. On. I, but we, we st we're still Forham. It's, it's hard because people say, well, so, you know, when did when did you disband? It's like, well, we really didn't disband. We're like yeah. we still will do something occasionally if we really want to, and it seems like something that makes sense. But 
because we're all doing different things, it's hard for us to find space in our schedules, you know, to do yeah, right. something as for him that's this more than just a one-off, you know, it's like, right. I mean, there, there, we did, I think back in 2015, we did a, uh, like a run of 15 dates just to kind of have fun. And that's fantastic. Yeah. And so we, we talk about it. I mean, that, that, that is the conversation. Every time we get together, every March, we get together for this event in Florida with the national Christian college athletic association. And that's always a topic of conversation down there. We always talk about getting together. And I mean, you could do it. Well, you could do it. You could do it. <laughs> we talk about, well, thank you, Jason. You know, the thing is with, with the schedule that we all keep though, I think it'll, it'll be one of those things where we have to kind of decide and determine what goes, you know, cause yeah, right. you, you kiss like when you add stuff, it's like, you have to be willing to take something away. Totally. You know? So then 2006, you finished with <clears throat> kind of finished with for him. When did you step into gateway? Well, so 2006, we kind of came off of the road as for him. And at that time, back in 2005, I had released and recorded a solo project. Andy had to, uh, Marty had not yet. He was working on his. Kirk um, was still kind of in the process of working on his. But so I started immediately, you know, kind of doing the solo ministry thing, solo artist. And I did that. Um, <clears throat> recorded, I think, ended up doing four projects, um, just under just my name, yep. um, and uh, traveled and toured. And then at the same time, I was bivocational at that point because I helped a church down in uh, South Alabama on the coast. And so I traveled half time, and then I, and that you're talking about really a challenge in keeping a healthy schedule. You know, when you when you end up trying to do two things at once and they're both very ministry focused, mm -hmm. that's hard. And so um, and so I did that for a season. And then finally, I actually laid that down in 2013 when I moved here to go on staff at Gateway. And okay. It wasn't something it wasn't something they asked me to do. It was really something that I felt like I needed to do. Yeah, for for, for health, for sanity, yeah, oh, absolutely. For, yeah. When, when in that, in that season of, uh, with truth for him, and then when did you, when did family kind of start for you, you get married and, um, and start having kids? Uh, actually, so Jody and I, I met my sweet wife, um, of 32 years. I met her in truth. So okay. she was, uh, she was a singer, um, there's a great story of how she came into truth, but anyway, she, she was working at Disney at the time and, uh, we were singing at a church in Orlando and, uh, we were not at Disney. She was just related to the worship pastor at this real great church. We always loved going to in truth in Orlando area, in the Orlando area. And so, um, so I met her in 1988 in the summer, but nothing happened. I just, it was a hello. You know, yeah. So we go back the summer of 1989, and I'm like, you know, that girl right there, she's so pretty. Like, I wonder if she's dating. So I just wonder if there's a chance, you know? Yep. <clears throat> but also, she was a singer, and we needed an alto. And so, my the way that I could build some kind of conversation was I, I walked up to her and I said, Hey, I remember meeting you, and you know, I, I remember you, you're a singer, and would you want to consider truth? And she's like, no, not really. I'm working at Disney and got a lot going on. And I'm like, well, why don't you just audition and let me hear you sing? And because I did the auditions. Okay. And so, so she sang beautiful voice. And I see what you did so, there. I see what yeah, you, you see did there. I, I see okay. how you're working. <laughs> you know, Hey, Hey, you gotta do, you gotta, Hey, you have to be creative. If you Absolutely. Move Absolutely. forward. And so, I mean, I mean, I'm on a guy that's driving through the city's not stopping. So it was my fourth year in truth. And I'm like, man, I got to, you know, I'm, I'm a college grad, been out here four years. At some point I got to think about settling down and yep. she was just so pretty and so sweet. And so anyway, what happened basically is uh, it's like, 
she and I began to talk. And then the next thing I knew, it was like just the most obvious thing in the world. It was like, yeah, you're, you know what? You and I are supposed to. I mean, it was a quick, it was like meet in June that second time, talk and hang out, get engaged in July, married in December. But but here's the thing, on our anniversary, we were recording the first For Him album. Like it was, we got married at the end of December, December 28th. And then we literally went on our honeymoon for three days and then met back up in Nashville to record the very first For Him album. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. So she was, she was sitting in the studio when we were recording all of our parts and stuff. That's... <clears throat> I mean, you can't go from the beginning any more than that. That's, I mean, she's was there as it started, as it started. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. So that kind of transitions as well into the next point. I want to talk about the artist days and um, road life. I mean, artist days, are, I mean, it's hard. Most of it, most people don't see the wear and tear of traveling and like you know, all of those things. I mean, uh, having a family and uh, what are some ways that you were intentional about taking care of yourself? Um, when you were touring, I mean, doing that many concerts and events, there's not really like downtime. So you had to kind of figure out what 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 does what, what did that look like for you? Well, you know, one of the things that we did, and I think it's important for artists to have a covering. Um, we we invited three guys to serve on an accountability board with us, just because. Um, so there were two were pastors, and one was a layperson who had a ministry of speaking with his wife and for family. So oh, yeah. the guy that wasn't a pastor, actually their ministry was to families. So, <clears throat> and so anyway, it's just, it's like, we established that right up front that we needed help. We needed people to help us, especially because there was just, you know, some artists have to work to be in demand and, and then they end up with amazing, you know, runs of ministry for us we had songs right up front that just kind of propelled us into like almost just the suction in the marketplace where we had a lot of opportunity. And so instead of, for us, we had to make sure that we didn't uh, take everything that came in because every opportunity that came in, we keep us on the road all year long, every year. <clears throat> and so, um, but the accountability board really helped us because we met with them twice a year Okay. Um, for, for two day little mini retreats and um, and man they they had all kinds of great like uh, just ideas for us you know just they really served us extremely well and those guys really kept us together this is um, as truth or as for him for him for as for him great yeah 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 I'm, I'm picking up with for him yep with truth uh, you want to know how we took care of ourselves physically and emotionally in truth when you were 19. The, <laughs> yeah, I was young. The thing is, is no, I'm paying the price for that schedule. Oh, okay. like now. Yeah, yep. yeah. Like, you know, you, you know, it's like you can't like, yeah, the thing is, is you develop all these bad eating habits that when you get older, you're like, why do, why do I hurt here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's pizza every night. It's pizza and fried chicken. Yeah, that's why. Why do I have this issue? Oh, it's pizza and fried chicken when I was in my early 20s. That's right. That's right. Every day, all day, whatever you want to do. But, but no, with so truth, really, you, I mean, the thing is, is there was truth was such a life giving place because it was all these young people on the bus. Um, and it was a lot of people kind of, you know, sh we were being shaped as far as our perspective on ministry there by the surroundings that we were in. And so, I felt I feel like truth was the place that refined us to be able to be the best version of for him we could be. So it's kind of like I see that as the refiner's fire. Yep. Then I see us being able to step into for him. Uh, actually, like I said, in the beginning, we thought, man, we have to fill up every day in for him. We have to do a concert every day. You can't have a day off. Why? Why, why, why would we need a day off? Um, <clears throat> and then we kind of turned the corner into, oh, we tour. So the way, what we did was we, we would block out sections of the year where it was, that's family time. Um, and then as we started having 
children. Like um, Andy was married when 4M started and I was married when 4M started. Marty and Kirk were not. So um, our wives could go on the road with us because we didn't have kids yet. So that makes it more uh, palatable. It makes it more easy to do that. And so we did that for the first three, four years. And then all of a sudden, Andy had, they had their first child. Jody and I had our first child. And all of a sudden, that, you know, that schedule had to adjust to accommodate, you know, marriages that were not like just wives on the road traveling on the bus with us, but marriages where the wives were staying home. And <clears throat> which actually probably helped the longevity of the band anyway. Because, um, you know, at first what we would do is we would just kind of take the tour and then take a few months off to rest and come back out and tour another three months, get on the bus. We owned our own bus, our own gear, our own, we had a, you know, part of the challenge is in so many large ministries, you build this overhead that you have to take care of. And, and the one thing that I've learned is that, <clears throat> uh, you know, first of all, I'm not the provider for my family. Um, God is the provider for my family. I'm not the, the like, even though, but back then I thought, man, I've got to work hard. We've got to make, you know, make sure that we take care of all of our things. Um, but if you oversaturate your schedule and you don't take time to refresh and renew and to restore and replenish, then kind of running on empty all the time and then going to God and asking God to restore you and give you strength I think he, I think the Lord sometimes is very graceful with us that he, you know, he kind of says, okay, you, I will. Yep. But the, but the thing that we heard from the Lord was take time, take your space and take your time. So, um, <clears throat> so the way that we did it. So like in the real world, the way that we did that was we, we basically built uh, equal amounts of time of being on the road and being off the road. So um and and we and then once we got we had more family members like Marty ended up getting married and you know we all ended up with kids and um, funny how that happens but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but we all ended up with kids and so then you know the the next thing that that happens is we have to adjust our schedules because we don't want to miss out on being a father yeah so. You know, the priority with our accountability board was always for him, <clears throat> you know, uh, is a ministry that God uses. And you guys are anointed in what you do, but your first calling is your family and your home, your priest in your home. And so, and I've never strayed from that. That was definitely drilled into me. Um, I think the only thing that I learned, and this is something that Pastor Robert Morris is so good at teaching here at Gateway. Um, I think for a long time, just because I thought, okay, I've got to go out and work so and make sure that I provide for my family. And, and, and he so clearly says, he even said literally in this past weekend's message out of Psalm 23, he was saying, God is the provider. You're not the provider. If you're mm -hmm. the husband and you think that you're the provider, you've got, you've got it backwards because God is the provider. He provides for us. And if that weren't the case, his word wouldn't say it. And so, you know, I think there's so many people that have ministries and, and we saw it, you know, you see marriages fall apart. I mean, I'm amazed that, you know, the guys before him, I think it's because of the accountability board. Our marriages are still together. Um, uh, we're still friends. We still love each other. We get together and we can sing and, and laugh and look back on the past and say, man, that was a blast. But at the same time, we <clears throat> we're very much aware that you know that was a season and now we're in this new season so but the the truth is we learned a lot of good things about uh work family balance ministry and and family balance during those days and that and, and so it's kind of like uh you have to make sure like we had to our our board and our manager and our booking agency they all had conversations, which is interesting. I remember several times at uh, Gospel Music Week events, uh, the Gospel Music Association would ask us to bring our board members with us. And during Gospel Music Week with all the artists there, we would hold a seminar in one of the rooms at the main building 
and it would be how to stay healthy in ministry on the road. Um, what does it look like to have an accountability board? And so our board would come up and sit kind of on a platform and they would talk about ways that they help keep us, help keep us accountable yep. and keep us healthy. <clears throat> Has that, um, I'm going to deviate from our questions for a little bit. Does that does that minister accountability board has that how is that translated into ministry now? Do you have a group of people around you that kind of help r remind you even now? Um, I mean, yeah. not being on the road, but now you're in now you're in a full time role at a church. Do you have that? Yeah, around you right now. I do. Matter of fact, well, I think the thing is, I, I would say the way that it's like translated into what I do now is, I think when I started just thinking, okay, it's time for me to kind of come off of the road. I think part of what led me to Gateway was the way that they treat the Sabbath and they treat sabbatical and rest, you know. Um, it's translated over into that because uh, I, I love the way, I, I love the way that this particular church that I'm a part of handles it. And I would encourage others, you know, there's a lot of great literature out there, but, you know, it's like <clears throat> to, to, to not observe Sabbath, to not observe rest is really, um, honestly, it's rebellion against God because God, I mean, if it was a, important enough for him to do it. So he, he worked six days and then he took the seventh day off. God did. No, God is all things. God is all powerful. God is I mean, God could say, rest, you know, I need you. So here, I don't have time to take time off. So here I'm going <clears> to <throat> just fill myself with energy and strength because I'm God. Because I need to work the seventh day because I just didn't get everything done. I want to get done. <clears throat> but that's not what God did. God set up the grid for us to abide by. So, you know, it's like he, he basically showed us, if I'm going to do it, then you need to do it. because. I made you in my image. So you can't just work nonstop. And so every week, Friday is my Sabbath, you know, it's, it, it's, um, and, you know, I love that Gateway kind of looks at us and says, hey, you know, you have to have your Sabbath every week. But then along with the Sabbath, then we, we encourage you to have another day that is your honeydew day. Um, because the Sabbath is not your honeydew day, mm. you know, I love, I heard, I heard this said one time, I've learned a lot from Pastor Robert Morris. I, he and I are close to the same age, but I see him as a man that's so much wiser than me. And I just think he's just filled with wisdom, but the thing yeah. that, what he said, you know, he, you know, he's talking about rest and the Sabbath, you know, and, and, uh, and it's just, it's, it's like, he's like, you can't, you know, it's like I can run just nonstop. And, and, and he said, and someone can call me and say, man, I noticed on your schedule, you have an open, you have open space. And he said, because literally on his schedule for his secretary for years, he would have, it would say nothing, you know? <laughs> and so when someone would say, Hey, can, can we schedule a meeting there? He says, no, he said, and they said, well, what do you have? And he said, I have nothing. And he said, nothing means nothing. You an know? Intentional nothing. <laughs> it's an intentional nothing. And it's like, um, I heard that when I first got here and I was like, ah, oh. and the part, and the part for me is that really resonated with me because, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if you're into the Enneagram, but yeah. it's like, it's, it's, so I, I find out that I'm a three, but I've also got a lot of two in me. Okay. So, Three is achiever. Well, two is a need to be needed. You know, it's like, I want to help. Well, that's a dangerous combination for someone that needs to manage their schedule and their calendar well. Because when someone says, hey, I've got an ox in a ditch, then your nothing time turns into something. Yep. Because you're like, I'm going to achieve this and I'm also going to help. And it's like, <clears throat> but it's like, uh, I've learned no, there are days when you just have to kind of shut the phone down and you have to just say, someone else can do that, not me. Today is the day that I'm restoring. Now, I know you have, so your intentional day off is Friday, your, your Sabbath. What, tell us about 
the the steps that you take to like remove yourself from everything i mean because you've done you have done uh and you know, we, we've talked about this before but that you were you like you said you turn your phone off and i i'm i know it's kind of wife day right it's where you kind of guys you, you guys go out and do things together yeah yeah we do yeah so you know uh sabbath the way that i view it and the way that i've kind of really learned to view it is it's really <clears throat> doing anything that fills your tank you know it's not a, a give and so um i remember years ago we filled out a list of fills and empties you know and it's like what fills me what empties me and then what is the work thing that fills me that i have to be careful not to do on my sabbath because it's like oh i love to write songs Yep. I'm a writer. I'm going to song. Oh, well, yeah. On a Sabbath, I can write a song. I mean, that's, that's, and then all of a sudden I'm like anything that is a part of what I normally do during a work day, that that's what I don't do on the Sabbath. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> I can go play golf on the Sabbath. You know, I can go see a movie with my wife on the Sabbath. Yep. We can drive down to Waco and go to Magnolia market. Uh, and, and walk around if that's what she wants to do really it's a day it's not just me giving the day to her it's us giving the day to ourselves and um because it's like she's also kind of looking at me saying well what fills your tank uh you know and so but it is it's you know it's like why does why does the scripture say remember the sabbath and keep it holy you know it's like it's because the lord's saying to us you can't survive long-term without this. You can't, like, you're not going to, um, because the thing is, the reality is, is I want to be the best version of Mark Harris to the people that, um, to the people that I serve here at Gateway or to the people, to the worship pastors. I've got a lot of young worship pastors that call me and ask me, hey, how do I navigate this season in my life or this situation? And, <clears throat> I want to be able to give them, uh, you know, something out from within me that is coming from a reservoir that's not scraping the bottom of the barrel of that reservoir, but but actually is, you know, it's kind of overflowing out of an abundance of rest and a, an abundance of health. Yep. And so that's, and <clears throat> the thing is, um, you know, there's there's also this thing like with all of us, and it's something I've learned about me. Um, what causes some people not to rest, and I've learned this, Jason, is it's almost like a God concept. They think if I don't do it, nobody can do it. You know, if I'm not the one that takes care of this, then I'm the only one, I'm the only one that can do this. You know, yep, yep. Like, I mean, it's like, and so it's like that, that's a dangerous thing because, you know, and, and so what I've realized is if, if I'm a, if I'm a good mentor and a good developer of people, and if I raise people up in a good way, uh, I need to get out of their way and take my Sabbath and let them go do it and then come back and be okay, you know, with if they did it different than I would do it. And actually, sometimes they might do it better than I ever would because God's gifted them in a unique way, but it's getting out of the way sometimes. I don't, I don't know why it's so hard to not do anything like i mean it's it, it seems like it'd be an easy thing to say like no you're supposed to go do nothing and you're supposed to go detach but like we like we we don't we, we don't detach well and it's like no. and i mean i think sometimes uh sometimes the sabbath day can be some people take it synonymously with being lazy where it's like that that day it, sabbath does not mean you're lazy sabbath does, does not mean you're you're, you know, you're lazy is, is, is not a, it's not a, it's not, you're not being lazy. You're, you're, you're taking time to fill up your tank and um, it's such a good, ah, I, I love that. What is your, what is your, like you got a staff that you work with, obviously was you on staff at a church. Like, is that, is the whole staff is Friday their Sabbath or like, what does that look like as far as like yeah. the people that you work with? And cause I know, if you're out of sync with with staff members, that can throw a, a wrench in that conversation as well. Yeah, yeah, so that, absolutely. So, yeah, Friday's pretty much a dead day at Gateway. Um, there are people that rotate serving. We have a large staff. We're blessed with that. But I want to go back. You just said something that was very interesting. Um, 
And it's just the thought of like, because I, I look at, you know, what we have to accomplish and, and the different things. And, and I was just thinking, man, I'd love to ask God what he did on his Sabbath. <laughs> like, <laughs> because I mean, he did nothing, you know, he, it, it's, that's what it means. Made some good food and played golf. Is that probably, yeah, I mean? I, maybe I'm sure he probably, <laughs> you know, he probably just, I think he just sat back and probably looked at what he'd done and admired it and just looked at it and thought, wow, what a beautiful thing. Um, but, uh, I just want to say nothing is really like we don't shut our minds down. So to say that we do nothing, really that that Sabbath is unplugging so that we can actually hear new things yep. and allow and allow dreams to awaken within us. Um, you know, that there's so much value that comes from getting away like I, I know that one of the things I like to do is I like to, you know, there are a few beautiful trails down here. Back when I lived on the Gulf Coast, it was easy to find beauty, just go to the ocean, you know. <clears throat> but here there's some pretty creeks and some trails that walk along those creeks where you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, but yet you're right by Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, any mm -hmm. of the big cities. And so just to walk and just even journaling, you know, sometimes on a Sabbath, I'll do that. Um, uh, but the thing is, <clears throat> even though we might be doing nothing, our mind's always working. And my goal for my Sabbath is to get my mind like completely to a place where it's not trying to check off the tasks that are on my schedule. Yep. And my and and that it's kind of like so that I can see through things once I come back, you know, onto the grid. And the thing that I've learned is that, it, you know, what might look like, well, man, I'm just being lazy. It's actually the kindest gift I can give to myself and God gave it to us. And that is that time of doing nothing so that I am restored. Yep. So that not just my physical body and not just my, you know, um, mental body, but, but, but the spiritual man, just to be able to say, just breathe in, you know, and it's like, <clears throat> we don't, I'll say this in ministry, we don't do a good job with this. This is the thing, you know, every time you hear of a, of a, a pastor or someone in ministry going through something that would cause them to have to step down pretty much the solution always to every one of those situations that I've found where I've been close enough to know what happened would have been Sabbath would have been. And, 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 and here's the thing. It's like coming up, like starting in March, I have six weeks off and it's called a sabbatical. And That's it's amazing. And uh, it's, it is, I've been here for seven years over really <clears throat> I'm a year behind taking my sabbatical, but it's just, it's because uh, of the way the schedule worked and but but anyway the thought the thought it's probably still having I'm still God's working some things out in me <clears throat> but but the truth is there's something that I would say that has to come alive in us and it's this um, it's the ability to trust when you take a day off and you do nothing you have to trust if I take six weeks off I'm gonna have to trust yep I'm gonna have to trust that First of all, when I come back, I've got a job. They didn't find a better way to do it without me. You know, I mean, it's Automated. the thought that goes through. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but it is the thought of <clears throat> God, I trust that even during my time off, you're working on my behalf. And once again, it goes back to, and I think it's hard to take a Sabbath if you don't see God as provider. And it goes back to what we started with. He's provider. That's like, so good. And it's like, so I have to trust that if my job, if I take time off and it is my Sabbath and it's what I've been given by my organization, that it's okay if I don't answer my phone. You know, yep. it's okay. And um, man, that God will take care of it because he knows everything and he's God. And, he, and so it's, 
I mean, it comes down to trust and also just seeing him as provider. And, and then it, and if you want longevity, um, you know, the thing that I can say, and you know, I'm, 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 this is a big year for me because I turned the big six of and, um, everybody always says, well, you translate young, you don't, I don't see you as that mark. And I'm like, well, I don't know what 60 is supposed to look like or 59, but, but the one thing that I do know is that, um, I feel the years of taking just you know, for granted the fact that I was one day going to be this age. I feel that in my bones right now. So I'd say to younger guys, you can't, you're, you're, it'll catch up with you. You know, I feel the five years of truth. I feel those. Yep. You know? And, um, and I'm trying to do the right things to make sure that I stay healthy so that I have long tenure in ministry and I'll be able, and, and I can be a great, you know, father and granddad to my grandkids. But the thing is, is if you don't take care of your body, if you keep pushing, um, you know, our, it all works together the the physical the the mental the emotional and the spiritual yeah that's oh man so much i i just i love first of all i love what you said about um god being god being the provider and not because that's something i mean even i got i got three young kids and i'm i'm on i'm on that space going like i understand that like i, I understand like the battling the provider the provider aspect of and being in the role that I'm in, like the um, constantly feeling like if you don't work, you don't get paid. If you don't get paid, you don't provide. And like all of those things that come with that. And God is your provider is like, that's, that's huge. Um, and I, I love um, Sabbath is, I'm, I'm really happy that our, our conversation today kind of hovered around that because Sabbath is uh, something that um, should be a bigger deal than it is. And it should oh. be a more of a conversation than, than it should be. It should be, it shouldn't be like a, like a, uh, it shouldn't be like a surprise conversation. Like, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Like it should be yeah. just more innate in what we do and more innate in the, in the conversation. But yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, it's like, it's like, if you said to someone, if you say to someone in ministry, uh, you know what? We shouldn't kill. You know, <laughs> like it's it's like they would go, duh. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, well, oh, right. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, it's like it is a commandment. The Sabbath is a commandment, and it's like, yeah. and it's like you can't get around that. I mean, it's there was a reason why it is, and the reason why it was, and it, it's a thing that. So it's like, <clears throat> it's just interesting because it's it's one of those things where. <clears throat> um it, it, and and i you know if you take a trip to israel and you realize man if you if you want to get anything done on a saturday you're not going to because it's friday <laughs> around 6 p.m it's like things shut down you know <laughs> and and we will see you again saturday night you know but for 24 hours I'm, i mean it's funny because it's like I mean, that's really interesting, but they don't, you can't, the elevators go on automatic at Friday at 6 p.m. in the hotels. Okay. Like, like th th they're saying, don't push the button. That's work. Interesting. You know? Yes, it's, 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 it's a little bit like to, to the extreme, but the bottom line is, you know, the, the Orthodox Jewish people, they understand, no, that was a commandment. You know, yep. that wasn't a, a suggestion. That was so reason i say if you're not taking sabbath then <clears throat> you're not you know you're not obeying the commandments of the law and and i'm i'm i mean i'm a guy that's under grace and i look at grace and say that if it weren't for grace you wouldn't want me on this podcast because i'm a mess but the reality is is i i'm just i look at that that thing and i of sabbath rest and i think it's the greatest thing that god gives us to be able to say to our employer no this is you know it's like you wouldn't want me if i killed somebody you'd fire me but if i don't take a sabbath you applaud you, you like you're like thank you for working through this thank you. you know uh let's see i love it let's <clears throat> kind of shift gears just a little bit you're um 
talking about Sabbath, I think about good food because that's just kind of what we do, right? Like, so the 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 table uh, the table is um, a podcast that I think, like I said, good conversation happens around happens over good food. And we did an Instagram live or a, a couple months ago, and you 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 told me about how you like to cook, and I, I let, let's talk about let's talk about this for a second. So on 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 a day off on a day off, are you are you cooking? Like what 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 is this? Because I love I'm a guy who likes to stand behind the grill and make and make my neighbors jealous as to how the smell wafts through the neighborhood <laughs> right so t- what 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 is mark harris doing um like w- when you're cooking well you know the thing is i have always been a guy that loved to grill i love like i've had quite a few different versions of grills so i won't go there because it would sound like a little bit of an advertisement for companies <laughs> but let me just say i I, I'm a fan of smoked meats. My wife is not a fan of smoked meats, so we've had to compromise. <clears throat> and so, um, but I'm also a guy that's constantly like learning and developing. And so the, probably my favorite form of cooking meat right now, um, it doesn't work for every type of meat. It won't work for ribs, um, but it's sous vide. And what is this? Well, sous vide is, is uh, so our son-in-law, when he came into the family, the first Christmas before he was married to Madison, <clears throat> he, I had heard about it from one of my friends in Nashville who was very involved in the industry. He said, man, if you sous vide, you, if you've ever had a steak sous vide, you'll want, you'll want it that way forever. Well, it's basically this, it's a French process of cooking, but it's like, I could take a steak or I've taken literally, <clears throat> I sous vide a brisket, which if you live in Texas and you sous vide a brisket, they might kick you out. So I don't know if I need to let people know that. I, I would say this, it didn't work as well as doing it over in like coals and smoke. So Yes, right, right. But I finished it over coals and smoke. But We'll just keep that between you and I and whoever listens to yeah, this. Yeah, That's right. Don't but, tell them. But, but sous vide is very simple. It's just immersion. It's in water and you put the meat in a bag and it seals around it. I've got a vacuum sealer. And so if I'm cooking steaks, I'll pre-season the steaks before I put them in the bag and I'll put them in the pot. And there's a sous, basically just a, it's like a tube and it, it circulates the water at a certain temperature. And that way you always come out. If you like medium rare steaks, you always come out with the perfect medium rare color through and through. It tenderizes, makes it the most juicy, moist steak. You don't lose the juices of the steak. Oh, interesting. And then, <clears throat> then you pull it out of the bag and then you sear it. And so, <clears throat> and so actually I'll sear it on the grill. Best way to sear it really is uh, on a stovetop, on a cast iron grill with butter and or olive oil or whatever oh, you want in the yeah. seasoning. And it, it really... It's a quick sear. It's just a quick sear then to get the crust, but it is by far the best way to grill a steak. Now, like I said, I still do my ribs the old fashioned way, but I've learned that sous vide is really a great way to cook chicken, fish, uh, steak, pork, anything. So, yeah. And and does Jody get behind that? Oh yeah. She loves it. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Good. That's making sure. Yeah. Like, like we, we, we bought sous vide kits for our kids you know just because we uh we just love to cook that way because see here's the thing i could put it in the sous vide and know that i'm going to get the perfect temperature steak juicy and delicious every time i could put it in and it has to stay in there for about an hour and a half interesting for steaks i'm yeah i know it's you're gonna get you're gonna look that sos sous vid Oh, I'm gonna be looking this up shortly. Yeah. Be posting some photos of my of my new cooking methods here. This yeah, you know what you need to show me. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll send you some photos. Um, so what what are some ways we can connect with you? Like talk like how, well, how can we connect with you? <clears throat> Best way to connect with me um is either Facebook or Instagram. Uh I do have a Twitter account too. Most most of it just Mark Harris music. If you look me up on Facebook you'll find me pretty easily. I've got a 
it's, I've got an artist page and then a, I've got some pages that I don't really get on much, but the artist page is one that I sometimes populate with information, but my regular Facebook page, if you want to follow me there. Are um, you doing, are you doing any writing or music, anything coming out? You know what, actually, uh, it's, it's funny because always writing, like, uh, we're releasing, we just did this Spanish live recording at Gateway that is amazing. That's being mixed literally starting today. Okay. And it has, it has all these, it's like the who's who of Spanish artists in Christian music. Awesome. Christine DeClario, Miel San Marcos, Lily Goodman, uh, Julissa Rivera, Daniel Calvetti, uh, the, the Amor Mercy Band, uh, Armando Sanchez. Uh, you know, it's like, it's just, yeah. Travis Joe. I mean, like, it's just, and it's like this, like you look around and you're like, wow, you know, how did they gather all these different people to be a part of this? But it's just kind of the way it worked. And, and, uh, you know, so it's like, so, and I, I don't know if I mentioned Jaleesa Rivera's on there yep. too, but they're all just these great artists. And so I was over that project kind of helping the songwriting and then now getting the album done, the recording capture, <coughs> working on new gateway albums. Um, I'm very involved in helping our writers develop. That's, you know, when you said mentor, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. It's yeah, what I do. That's right. That's right. Um, and so it's like, you know, trying to help them take whatever shortcut they can to growing as a writer in the quickest way possible from the best way and the healthiest way. Um, so that's, so we've got a new gateway single coming out next month. Uh, and it's a beautiful song called I need you. I love it, especially because it's my daughter-in-law leading it and awesome. my, and my son's one of the writers. So I'm like, <clears throat> so I'm happy about that. That's fantastic. And I'm not the one that chose the single. That would sound a little bit inside. Uh, I'm, yeah, so. I was the no, I wasn't. No, I didn't. No, it wasn't me. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hey, Mark, I appreciate you hanging out today. I appreciate this conversation and just, I mean, the this, the the need for the Sabbath, which I think is such a good such a good space. And uh, yeah, I I think so much. Everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Hey, would you do us a favor and like or subscribe to the podcast, as well as leave us a review? Um, we just we would really appreciate that. And also check us out on Instagram at Worship Leader Podcast, as well as at Worship Leader. You can follow me at Jason underscore Squires. Uh, we are gonna um, we're looking forward to next week, and we will see you guys then.